I shouldn't do that, should I? I shouldn't sing. Can't help it. Here we go. Yeah. I've gone in a bit sooner than uh, I normally do on account of the fact, well, why not? On account of the fact that I'm here, I'm dead excited about being back at my show. And I'm just, Gavin, can you hear me? I can. Is this microphone working? Yeah. I'm assuming it is. It doesn't look like it. I can't hear myself. It must be me. <laughs> anyway, dear listener, how, I'll just, yeah. must be your headphones. Must be my headphones. Uh, dear listener, how the devil are you? I'm delighted to be back here at Sid Valley Rodeo after having had the week off. And I did record you a lovely show before I went. And obviously the fact that um, <clears throat> I've been away for a couple of days has meant that I can't remember how on earth to use the desk. I think I've got it working now. Oh, I don't do technical technology if I can possibly help it. So how have you been, folks? I believe it was very warm here, 30 degrees in, in the UK, wasn't it? Well, it wasn't that hot in Crete, I can tell you, but it was very, very nice. It's definitely bikini weather. Did you did you wear your bikini last week, Gavin? No, we won't go into that. We won't get into that. We won't get into that because uh, it's a family show. <laughs> so, um, should we just get straight on? Straight on with uh, the first piece of music, which is, uh, it's, it's always loud, isn't it, the first one? So, uh, there was that thing, wasn't it? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Superman. Well, I'm going to say no. It's a bat.
Well, about that, it woke you up, didn't it? <laughs> Herbert von Karajan was conducting the Berlin Phil with Johann Strauss II's overture to Die Mouse, the bat, which was originally called the prison, uh, which is a bit of a, it was a, an operette, it was a bit of a German farce, apparently, but uh, I won't get too much into it because we've got too much other music to play. So what have we got for you tonight? We've got one or two things from the movies, always have something like that. One or two things from the ballet, so get your posh frocks ready. And um, a bit of adventure is always at the front end. And as always, as always, we have our Holy Trinity, Beethoven, Bach and Mozart all make an appearance. I'm not sure which order I've done it in tonight. Let's have a quick look. Da, 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 da. I think Bach's generally last year, then Mozart's in the middle. So Beethoven must be somewhere near the front, but I can't see where it is. I think, well, there it is. It's about halfway, actually. It's about halfway. <laughs> I shall just get on with it. I'll just get on with it. Um, so it's dark already outside. Which I know some people don't like it when it gets dark early. I always say this, but I like it dark. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it's because a boyfriend once said to me, the darker it gets, Denise, the better you look. I'm thinking, that's not very nice, is it? <laughs> I think, I think he was only joking, but you just don't know, do you? Anyway, shall I, shall I rattle on? Let's rattle on. So this is a, this is an interesting piece of music. It's a bit of Haydn. He wrote, I think it was 104 symphonies. I'll just check in my book in a minute. But this is number 100 and it's known as the surprise symphony. All of his symphonies have got names. And this is the surprise, and this is a particular movement where the surprise turns up. This is the second movement of it, and uh, partially known as, uh, sorry, it's not 100, it's simply number 94, sorry, 94 in G major. And um, the second movement, and this is where the surprise comes in, and it's, it, it's, it just goes to prove how sheltered people's lives were because they found the, the, the loud chord that sort of shook them out of their little reverie to be, you know, people would be falling off their chairs with laughter. Uh, I'm not sure I would do that for for audiences in this day and age, but have a listen anyway and see if you can spot where the surprise was. I think it's a bit obvious. Thank you. 
the surprise did you spot it <laughs> i'm sure you did it's quite interesting because um apparently this was uh this particular um symphony was and i quote my little book here or my very large tome should i say this symphony was the sensation of the concert on the 23rd of march 1792 and soon acquired its nickname because of the surprise loud chord and that's uh that's symphony number 94 the surprise i did say earlier on that i thought uh Haydn had done 104 symphonies and indeed he had and lots of them have got names i'm just looking through my book here we've got the emperor we've got le matin the morning we have uh i think there's the hen somewhere the palindrome the bear the oxford Oh, we've got loads and the london well there's, there's all sorts isn't there well and there's a, there is one called the miracle i can't see Oh, this one, yeah, the clock is, is one of his more famous ones, number 101. But one of my favourites is, is The Miracle. I love that one. And I do play that from time to time. Anyway, Johannes Wildner was conducting the Camerata Casovia, doing that wonderful piece of Haydn. So do tell me what sort of a week you've had or two weeks you've had, because obviously you couldn't ping me last week because I was... Um, lying next to a pool with a glass of something cold in my hand and uh, a really trashy novel in the other. <laughs> I do I, I do read a lot. I think I must have read about five or six books on holiday. I only went away for 10 days. I think I've read five or six books. It might have even been seven, actually. I do a lot of reading. And that's including, and then I also read all the, the papers and all the other stuff that I read. So, yes, it was, uh, did a lot of reading. Did a lot of nothing else, really. <laughs> well, I was on holiday. What was I supposed to do? So, and it's the first holiday I've had for about four or five years. I'm not very good on holiday. And I have to say, by day eight, I was starting to get a bit tetchy. Is it time to go home yet? Anyway, so, um, but 10 days was more than enough. I mean, two of those days you're traveling anyway, aren't you? But uh, anyway, I did have a nice relaxing time with, uh, my sons came with me and we had uh, some lovely sort of, chats and you know just taking the mickey out of each other the way that families do so you might have missed me last week and if you did you can let me know how much by texting me 07565 825041 07565 825041 or email me studio at sidvalueradio.co.uk or go onto the website so I've got uh, I've got a couple of um, long pieces of music on the show tonight, and this is one of them. And this is this is we're going to go off on a sea adventure. We're going on a sea adventure now with Simbad, and this, of course, is the first movement from Rimsky Korsakov's Scheherazade.
Oh, he paints a great picture there, doesn't he? Rimsky-Korsakov, The Sea and Sinbad Ship. Brilliant stuff. Andrew Lytton was conducting the London Philharmonic Orchestra. I'm, I always giggle when I, I, I always say the same thing. I hope I'm not too boring on my show for regular listeners because whenever I please play a piece of Vivaldi that is not the Four Seasons, I always go, oh, it didn't just do the Four Seasons, you know. <laughs> oh, dear, 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 dear. And, and here he is. Sorry about this. Here he is with the mandolin concerto in C major. And, um, and I think I've got something else in, uh, I think I have, I think, uh, I've been doing this thing recently where I'll play a, 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 an orchestral piece of music, but it's been rescored for a different instrument. So I think we've got more than one um, piece of guitar music, if you like. I mean, but mandolin is a posh old guitar, isn't it? So here we go. We've got um, we've got this wonderful cello concerto in C major. Oh, sorry, mandolin. I'll get it right in a minute. Mandolin concerto in C major. I think I've got some thing about cellos later. I don't know. Whatever. I've got it all. I did, the, the problem is. <laughs> I put my list together yesterday and loaded it all up onto the, the screen here. And uh, normally I do it on a Thursday, sort of uh, sort of like six o'clock, so I can hold it in my head what I've got on the show. But because I did it yesterday, things have slipped because I've had a very, very busy day scaling the north face of all the uh, emails and uh, things to do that accumulated while I was away. So <laughs> if I'm talking complete broken biscuits, that'll be why. So that's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. Anyway, I'm going to get get on with this. Let's let's play this piece of um, Vivaldi, shall we? Oh, go on then. Thank you. 
just delightful isn't it puts a smile on your face which is what happy classics is all about so whether you like classical music or whether you don't well of course you like it because you're listening to me but i mean you'd, you'd have to really go somewhere you to not enjoy that because it's just a happy little piece of music and uh, i don't know how you could listen to that and not enjoy it but i suppose there might be some people out there that wouldn't but anyway you obviously don't listen to my show <laughs> The Leningrad Chamber Orchestra, conducted by Lazar Gossman. Now, he was a violinist as well as a conductor, so he wasn't playing the mandolin, and it doesn't give a credit for the person that was, which I think is really naughty. So whoever you were, sir or madam, and maybe it was a madam, you just don't know, um, thank you for playing the mandolin so well. (laughs) And I'm sorry that you didn't get a mention. Hey-ho. Now, here's a quick little piece of music, and... uh, the Dance of the Young Maidens by Cacciatore. And this is a sweet little thing. And this is from his op- uh, sorry, ballet, Guyenne. And um, I've never seen that particular ballet, but I should imagine it's a bit like uh, the, the Swan Lake thing where all the little signets come out, Dance of the Young Maidens, same sort of thing, I'm guessing. What do I know? I don't know enough about it, really, but I do know that this is a lovely little piece of music and you can almost see those young maidens dancing.
another piece to put a smile on your face. Well, they all do, don't they, in this, on my program. Having said that, there are some, uh, sometimes I play some quiet things that are quite emotional, which sort of bring a tear to your eye in a good way. But that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, it just brings a smile to your face, don't you think? Eugene Amandi was conducting the Philadelphia Orchestra with the Dance of the Young Maidens. Now, I've got a bit of John Williams now, and you're going to think, is this the guitar piece of music that she said a minute ago? Because, of course, we have that wonderful exponent of the classical guitar, John Williams. But no, we've got multi-million pound, thousand billion Oscar winners thingy John Williams, who <laughs> wrote a load of film music, including this one. I don't know whether this was an Oscar winning, but he's the most uh, prolific Oscar winner, isn't he? Uh, of uh, film scores, John Williams. He's written all sorts. And I believe um, he wrote the music for Jaws, don't you know? And Stephen, um, oh, I was going to say Som- Soderbergh, but it's not him. You know what I mean? The film producer. It'll come to me in a minute. Begins with an S. <laughs> See, I've been away for a, I've been away for ten days. My brain isn't working. I know you're all screaming at the radio. Denise, it's Steve. What's his name? And uh, <laughs> it's just gone out of my head. Anyway, uh, when John Williams wrote the music for Jaws, he just said, "Right, you're writing the music for every single film I do from now on." And what a winning combination that was. But here's the music he wrote for Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Now. That, that does my head in because the book was actually the Philosopher's Stone, but because it's it was uh, shot by you know, with American money, they couldn't cope with philosopher because I don't know what the Americans think a philosopher is, but um, they didn't like that, did they? So the film was the Sorcerer's Stone. But for those of us, the aficionados of Harry Potter, including my eldest son, Richard, who can tell you the ins and outs of everything to do with um, Harry Potter, this is Hedwig's theme. Da, 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 da. Anyway, I'll just play it.
always makes you feel you can fly, doesn't it? And I know that you're all screaming, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> of course it was. I didn't even look that one up on Google because the minute I started playing the music, of course, Spielberg came into my head because I was just having one of those senior moments. And talking of flying on a more serious note, uh, Sid Valley Radio's uh, very own uh, military historian, the lovely Anthony, who does the jazz show on a Wednesday evening. And if you haven't had a listen to that, please do. It's a great show. And um, as I say, our resident military historian, what he doesn't know about military history, you can write on the back of a stamp and have room for the full unexpurgated version of the Oxford English Dictionary. And Anthony tells me that he sent me a little text this evening saying, welcome back from your holiday, Denise. And by the way, did you know that it is Battle of Britain Day tomorrow? I did not know that. And uh, of course, we owe so much to the few, don't we? So while we're talking of flying things, it was those few men, wasn't it? Uh, Churchill said that never in the history of human endeavour have so many owed so much to so few. And um, and yeah, and it was those guys that literally were sending them, going up in those planes that were held together by a bit of Wrigley's chewing gum and a piece of string in some instances, that basically uh, ensured that the Germans gave up their attempt at air supremacy. So well done, Anthony, for flagging that up to me and uh and if i'd have known that i would have put something in like the 688 or 633 squadron i sometimes play that don't i and other things but uh it's not going to fit into this end of the show unfortunately so anthony has promised me that he's going to throw some stuff together for me so that i can get me act together at some point in the future and it's very kind of him he shouldn't have to do the research for my show i'm sure he does a lot of research for his own <laughs> oh dear thank you anthony that was very good of you Okay, so we've got the first of our Holy Trinity now, and um, this is Beethoven, and it's his first symphony, the third movement. Thank you. 
Well, that was very, very jolly, wasn't it? <laughs> Lovely bit of Beethoven there. The very first member of our Holy Trinity this evening, Mozart and Bach to follow. So that was his Symphony Number no. 1 in C major, and it was played wonderfully well by the Chamber Orchestra of Europe under Yannick Nazé-Séguin. So Midsummer Night's Dream, did you ever do, <laughs> did you ever do your Shakespeare when you were at school? We never did, did we do, no, it was uh, Twelfth Night we did. And then I did for O-Level, show me age there. In the days before GCSEs, I did um, Macbeth. Is this a dagger I see before me? Bloody da da da. I remember all that. So, um, yeah. And it's quite interesting because I was talking to my son about Shakespeare when we were on holiday. And it's interesting because people think, oh, God, it's dreadful, isn't it? But if you're stuck in a school classroom reading it, it's not meant to be read. It's meant to be performed. I remember seeing Richard III some many years ago now at, in somewhere in London when I was down there. And when you've got it was still the same sort of iambic pentameter meter that um, Shakespeare used for his uh, writings, but when it's performed rather than you just reading it blank off the page it actually is very very good so on we we're having a chat about that and I, I ought to go and see some more Shakespeare but you don't see it do you anyway I made someone ice cream <laughs> I get on with it and um and of course there's been any number of productions of that and uh, Mendelssohn wrote some wonderful incidental music for it and this is the overture for it Thank you. 
That starts Capella Berlin there under Arthur Rother uh, doing the lovely overture to The Midsummer Night's Dream by Mendelssohn. I like the bit where it goes... See, now, I've been singing, can you tell? Because it was off my first rehearsal of this term for Sidmouth Choral Society. And we have our lovely performance, I think it's the 9th of December, at the Parish Church. Uh, tickets will be on sale, and I will tell you when, but not just yet. And we've got some great music, as always, uh, lined up if you want to come and listen to us, because we, we can sing a good tune, can the Sidmouth Choral Chaps. But that's not one to sing to, is it? <laughs> a Midsummer Night's Dream. No. Um, but this is a, this is a, this is a jolly little piece of uh, music. It's Shostakovich. Okay. And, um, it's one of his piano concertos, one of the movements from that, and it's called the Tahiti Trot. But you might know it better as T for Two.
told you tea for two do you recognize it because uh, back in the day it was a tune that i knew when i was a kid didn't know it was shostakovich what had written it and i didn't know it was called tahiti trot which is what it is maris jansen's was conducting the philadelphia orchestra a very jolly little piece don't you think got leonard bernstein now no not diddle 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 not that no 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 He's conducting the Vienna Philharmonic Orchestra because he did a load of stuff like that, didn't he? He did, um, he was a great, great classical, uh, composer, wasn't he? And, uh, conductor. Anyway, he's conducting a bit of Brahms for you now. So this is his symphony number two. And as I say, Leonard Bernstein, there's been a bit of a controversy, hasn't there? Because there's, uh, who is it that's just starred in a film of his life, a biopic of his life? And he was absolutely pilloried by, the bien pensant people that think, you know, you shouldn't mug up to make yourself look like the person that you're um, acting up. And this, I must look it up. This actor had the he had a prosthetic nose in order to make himself look more like Bernstein. Well, everyone was going nuts apart from, dare I say, the family who were involved in the production of the film and thought the actor had done a fantastic job. And they were absolutely right. Our dad had a big nose. You know, and we wanted this actor to play him. And in order to make it more authentic, we had, you know, the makeup artist put a prosthetic nose on this guy. And, you know, and apparently it's been a, a, a wonderful film. So have a look while, online while uh, it's playing. But here he is, anyway, Leonard Bernstein conducting the Vienna Phil with some Brahms.
it's just gorgeous, isn't it? I just love that. And it was Bradley Cooper, of course, that's been lined up to play Maestro. That's the name of the film, Leonard Bernstein's biopic. And it's released on Netflix towards the end of November or, de- or early start of December. I, I would I would watch that. I'm not a great film watcher, but I think Leonard Bernstein is absolutely just wonderful. And some of the stuff that he's um, produced, and he was um, main conductor at the New York Phil for a long time, wasn't he? And he did some great music with them. Anyway, that's definitely one to watch. I'm not a great film watcher, as I say, but I shall definitely be plugging myself into that one. I'll have to get the popcorn out. So sort of moving into the quieter part of the show now. You probably noticed that. And uh, is this my favourite part of the show? I don't know, really. I like it all, but there's nothing quite like uh, decompressing when you've had a busy day. And uh, as I say, I was away last week and I'd worked like Billy-O to make sure that I didn't leave too much on fire, if you like, on my desk before I went. And uh, and despite the best efforts of my colleagues um, keeping things ticking along, there's always stuff to do, isn't there, when you get back? So I, I did uh, I did a 12-hour day at my desk before I came in here tonight. And that's a lie, actually. It was an 11-hour day because I got in about half past seven. Um and then I got home for a quick bite to eat and then dashed up here. So, yeah, maybe it was 12 hours thinking about it. <laughs> Someone's got to keep the economy going, people. This isn't my main job, you know. <gasps> anyway, um, but there is something nice, isn't there? Uh, you're getting sort of past nine o'clock and heading towards 10. And you can start to really unwind and decompress. And this is a really lovely piece of music. It's a piece of music from uh, an animated film called Up. And um, this is something I've never managed to uh, successfully achieve. Um, married life, you know, I think when you listen to this piece of music, and that's what it's called, Married Life. It's just such a lovely, um, it sounds like it's from the 1920s. It's such a lovely piece of music. It's sort of um, what I imagine it would be when you've been with someone for donkeys and you don't have to work too hard at the relationship because everybody knows where they are and everybody's comfortable in it and... And you're just sort of ticking along quite nicely and you're very happy with each other and it's just all very lovely. <laughs> I've never managed that. I don't know how people do it. If, if there is a, a formula, can you let me know? <laughs> In the meantime, Michael Giacchino is going to conduct the um, the soundtrack orchestra on that lovely piece of music called Married Life from Up. Thank you. 
It's just so lovely, isn't it? And I think Michael Giacchino did a great job with that uh, film. And that's just a delightful piece of music. Right, a bit of boccherini now. Always reminds me of something to eat. <laughs> All those Italian uh, names, they always sound like pasta, don't they? Albanoni, boccherini. All those guys. Anyway, we've got some, we've got some uh, a concerto for cello and orchestra here from Boccherini. Yo-Yo Ma, that wonderful uh, exponent of the cello. And... Uh, He's been, yes, he's being joined by Pincher Suckerman, who's going to be doing, um, oops, the oboe. <laughs> I've just, I've just, you know, you sort of move and something cracks in your, in, in between your shoulder blades. <laughs> it's been a bit like that, really. I've been hunched over my desk all afternoon, so I think that's probably had a lot to do with it. Anyway, should we, should we crack on with this lovely piece of music? Oh, let's.
The lovely St. Paul Chamber Orchestra there was the backing group, if you like. I shouldn't say that, should I? Very irreverent of me. Of you, Omar, on the cello. Pinches Suckerman was conducting a lot of them. Oh, bless him. What have I got now? Ah, yes, the second member of our Holy Trinity. Just wonderful stuff. You can't beat a Mozart piano concerto, so let's just get on and play it.
also a wonderful bit of Mozart there, one of his better-known uh, piano concertos, the number 20, and that was the second movement of it. Rudolf Buchbinder was conducting the Staatskapelle Dresden from the piano. He's just that clever. Ah, oh, but a handle now. So he always, um, always rattle on about handle. He's, he's the guy that, uh, composed the wonderful piece of music that announces my show every Thursday night at eight o'clock. But, uh, the arrival of the Queen of Sheba is a bit too lively for, uh, 20 to 10. <laughs> so I've got the air from the, from the, uh, water music suite now, which is just so lovely. And there's, there were two, um, sections to it. This is the suite number one. And I think it's the fifth movement of that. Yes, it is. And uh, Trevor Pinnock is going to conduct the English concerts just for you. Gorgeous, isn't it? And uh, used for, I think it was George II, wasn't it? Or was it George I? I can't remember now. He wrote it for um, 
But I know it was George the First, wasn't it? And uh, he liked it so much that uh, he made George liked it so much that he he went up and down the Thames twice so that he could hear it all again. <laughs> he didn't have to stay on the boat. He could have just like, okay, Mister Handel, just turn up at the uh, the palace with the orchestra and play it again in the dry. Anyway, I don't mind. He just loved it, and it's a great piece of music. Why wouldn't you love it? I love this one as well, and. Uh, um, I was talking to a friend of mine who, who doesn't like Ludovica Ionaudi. I'm not going to mention their name. They know who they are. And, uh, and I said, well, I don't care. I'm going to play anyway. <laughs> so here we are. So rest con may stay with me, uh, which you can do for the next 60 minutes. And after that, I'm away. But in the meantime, we can spend some time together with Ludovica Ionaudi and Marco Decimo is joining him on this particular track.
Oh, that's gorgeous. I love Ludovica Einaudi, and I don't care what you think, my friend and listener. <laughs> As I say, you know of whom I speak. Oh, dear, dear, dear. I'm very naughty, aren't I? I shouldn't be horrible to the lovely listeners. What have I got now? Yes, our final member of our Holy Trinity. It's only a short one. It's the Bark Prelude in C. You can't beat too much piano at this end of the day, can you? Steve Porter there, just playing that beautiful prelude in C from J.S. Bach. Who else? So I'm just swapping these round because I'm not going to have enough room. I'm running out of time. I always do. But we're going to have a lovely piece of choral music now. And this is Vochese, one of my favourite choral uh, ensembles, if you like. And they're going to be conducted by... Eric Whitaker, who wrote this piece of music called The Seal Lullaby. It's beautiful.
That's just beautiful, isn't it? Uh, Christopher Glynn was accompanying Fox's Eight on the piano. I just think that that's such a lovely piece of music and I wonder if I can persuade RMD to put it in our repertoire because I'd like to be able to sing it. <laughs> but not today. So we've only got uh, a minute and a bit left, so I'm not going to get through anything like a bit of this piece that's coming up now, which is The Raindrop Prelude by Chopin and Svetlana Simolina is not Simolina, Smolina is going to play it for us. So um, I'll just say good night then, and you can listen to a minute of it. I hope you've enjoyed the show this evening. I've certainly enjoyed coming back from my holiday and listening to some fabulous music and uh, enjoyed your company. Please do join me again next Thursday at eight o'clock for more happy classics. In the meantime, have a great week, and I'll see you then. Night night.